0: Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Consistent Renner Girls Notable Peeps, the series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible.
1: All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are
0: Coming true. Welcome to the Notable Peeps podcast. Hello, my name is Steph, and today we are going to be talking about a topic that can feel impossible for a lot of people, and it's weight loss. So whether you have twenty pounds that you want to lose or two hundred, to have the desire, to have the self control, and to be able to have patience even can feel impossible. And I'm talking with today Hope Harriet, and she has lost over 160 pounds. And what first impressed me about Hope and, and her story was before even the weight loss took place, she had written a bucket list of things that she wanted to do when she lost weight. She wanted to go across the monkey bars because as a child, she was never able to do that. She wanted to ride a bike, to go on a roller coaster ride, and to even cross her legs. And that last one, cross her legs, it made me be like, wow, how hard that would be to be 160 pounds overweight and to not be able to do activities that some people just take for granted. So this is going to be a phone interview, so let's call up Hope and hear more about her story. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you, Hope dear?
1: Good. Good.
0: Good. Thanks so much for doing this phone interview. You're the best.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Our schedules have been so awful at lining up.
0: <laughs> I know. It's, so it's like so happy that it's finally working out. So I know, me too. <laughs> So hope I talked about in the intro about how you had this bucket list of things that you wanted to accomplish so your your weight loss journey started about a year and a half ago, right yeah, yeah, so what really was that catalyst to motivate you to lose the weight
1: um I saw my life just kind of flipping the I was twenty I was nineteen years old at the time and I had never crossed the monkey bars, or ridden on a roller coaster, or gone for a run, or anything like that.
0: I I loved how you brought up things like crossing the monkey bars and riding on a, a roller coaster. Just things that's that that sometimes people take for granted. And so, yeah, absolutely. So, so this process it just started with this bucket list, right? And Do you want to describe a little bit your weight loss process? Growing up,
1: I was always overweight, and, you know, I remember in fourth grade packing, like, my Adkins lunch and taking that to school with me, and I just, we, you know, I tried every diet I could, and my mom was always supportive and helping me with all my diets and stuff, but my addiction with food became so overwhelming that it took over my life, and once I got to the point, like I said, that I hadn't done any of these things, I realized that my life was slipping away and I had to do something about that. And 375 pounds, I was at the point where a diet wasn't going to do anything. You know, a diet wasn't going to just change my life overnight. And my mental addiction was so strong that I decided to get the gastric bypass and use that as a tool and a crutch to help me lose the weight.
0: So you had told me 370 pounds before, but I don't know why it didn't stick because like hearing that again, I was just shocked because you're, you aren't very tall. Aren't you like five?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'm like five two.
0: Five two, because I thought you were a little bit shorter than me. And, And I loved what you said that, that a diet wasn't going to help you lose the weight that you needed.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. It, it wasn't a diet that was what was wrong. It was my, my mindset, you know? My brain was giving me all the wrong signals.
0: So were you scared before the surgery?
1: Um, That's a good question. I was scared because I was about to basically kill my best friend. Food was my best friend and the relationship I had with food was something I loved very much, but also I loved myself. So that's why I had the surgery, you know, to to help myself and become healthier. And I think that was the biggest fear was that I was losing myself and losing my life right before my own eyes. And so the fear of the surgery and the fear of, you know, going under the knife and losing food and, you know, all of that was... Scary, but not as scary as losing my life
0: so so hope can we talk a little bit about mcdonald's
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you want to share this might be personal but your mcdonald's story
1: oh i love mcdonald's i every time i drive past it still to this day like it, my mouth waters for a good old <laughs> big mac and fries, you know. But it's it's so like I have to lie to myself and just be like, that doesn't sound good at all. That sounds so gross. Putting putting those fries in my mouth sounds so like oh the like grease, you know. And I I just have to lie to myself every single day about how McDonald's makes me feel. And it's hard because going from like, eating McDonald's every day, like, you know, three times a day on a slow day and ordering tons of food, food for, like, family, like, you know, two full-size meals and a large fry extra, you know, all the food, and I would just eat it in my car and just binge eat it, and then my car would be overflowing with McDonald's trash and it was it was literally like caving in on me
0: well and I remember you talking about how the McDonald's workers because what day was it that you stopped going to McDonald's do you remember that yeah
1: yeah the um the lady knew my order and she (laughs) She, she knew my order from start to finish and knew me by name and that was the day that I was like okay I can't go to this one anymore and I had to start going to the one across town and driving all the way across town just to get my McDonald's fix because she they already knew my name and order and it was so embarrassing to me that I had become that girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that regular and then they're probably yeah. like, what happened to hope she was coming here 3 days Yeah, eight. she
1: probably yeah, I probably single-handedly put them out of business because <laughs> of how much money I gave to them
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like hope seriously you just are so inspiring to me like as I have First of all, I love your Instagram because you've been posting all these things that have been on your bucket list. Like you posted about the monkey bars, you posted about, um, like when you went on the roller coaster. That was so exciting. Do you want to share a little bit of background though, like with what happened when you were a teenager and why riding a roller coaster was so cool?
1: Yeah. Um. I one time my I had a bunch of friends that were going to it was called Silverwood Theme Park. It's in Coeur Idaho. And we it was so fun to, you know, go on a summer day. And they had a big water park. But the biggest attraction was the wooden roller coasters that they had. And I was so scared. I was like, no, oh, I can't do it. Oh, my gosh, it's something to say. And my friends really, like, encouraged me and, you know, kind of peer pressure me. Like, yeah, you got to do it. You can't be the only one that doesn't do it. You know, all this stuff, and I, okay, finally, I'm I'm going up, and we, we waited in line, and we finally get to load the roller coaster, and I get on, and the guy comes to close the, the safety bar, and it doesn't shut, and it just pinches my lap and pinches my, my stomach up against it, and it just doesn't click, and he says, you know, you, you can't ride the roller coaster, so I embarrassingly stand up and have to leave and wait for my friends at the end of the ride after they were just saying, like, you know, if you don't go, you're going to be the only one all this stuff. It's so fun. And it was horrifying to me that at that age, you know, I was like 14 at the time at that age, but I couldn't ride a ro- the roller coaster. I couldn't even even if I wanted to at this point, I wasn't allowed. I wasn't able to. And that was like the first time that I really felt like real world restrictions because of my weight. So going into surgery, and you know, that was one of my things. I'm gonna ride a roller coaster, darn it! No one's gonna kick me off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it, and you did it this year. So tell oh. us about your experience riding the roller coaster this summer.
1: It was crazy. You know, I was standing in line, and nobody around me was like looking at me funny. No one around me was like, nervous to sit by me or anything, and I was just, like, so excited, and once we got up there, my heart was pounding out of my chest, that, you know, I wasn't even looking at the ride or the course that it was going to take, I was just like, is this seat bar going to buckle, and I sat down, and someone sat down next to me, and it clicked, And I just remember as soon as that bar clicked, I put my hands up in the air and rode the entire ride with my arms up and just screaming so hard because it was just such a freeing feeling that I could just get on. And no one had to make an exception for me or no one had to point me out or be different. I just fit in and it felt so nice.
0: Seriously, Hope, as I saw that picture, like, you just have this excitement on your face as you're, like, I don't remember if you were getting in or getting out or, or whatever, but I, when I saw it, I was like, Hope did it, she rode you <laughs> roller coaster, because I knew that was such a big deal, and. Yeah. So, so what else have you been able to do this summer that's been on your list?
1: Uh, let's see, I went ziplining, that was fabulous, oh my gosh. Um, scary, but amazing that I didn't have to stress about the weight limit. Um, also, I did the monkey bars. I think I posted that on my Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I was able to hold up myself and go across the monkey bars. And it was a good feeling. Like the kids on the playground were like staring at me because I was like crying. But it was like, you know what? I didn't get to do this at your age. So let me enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah. So like really, as you're able to do these experiences, and you've lost over 160 pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's like a whole person, you know, as you've lost yeah. this weight. Describe, I guess, like how do you feel now?
1: You know, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like um, an out of body experience. I see pictures of myself. I almost feel sad for myself because of the way that 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 hope had to live. That hope had such a hard life. And I love that now I can spring out of bed in the morning and my feet don't hurt. And I can take a bath and not, like, basically feel like a beached whale. Or, you know, I can go shopping at any store I want to and there's sizes for me. I just... I love the freedom that not carrying around that burden of 375 pounds caused on my life. Like, that weight was so much more than just that on my body. It was, it was just giving every aspect of my life difficult.
0: Well, and as you talked about being able to go shopping in like different stores, I remember for your birthday, you know, you're like, I'm wearing a size medium jacket, you know, like, yeah, able to not just be in like extra larges or larges, but you're wearing mediums.
1: I have never worn a medium. I remember it, like in sixth grade, I did the whole like hang the gold up on the wall. And I like had saved up my money and went to an air Castle and bought this like size medium shirt and hung it on my wall for like six months, and then I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, that's never gonna fit me, you know. <laughs> but now I get to I get to wear medium sizes now.
0: Oh, that's so cool, Hope. Like seriously, you really I anytime I see anything you post, I'm just like so
1: on. I'm like, yeah, Hope. Oh, you're so sweet. I love social media because it's, it's pretty fabulous for building a community. I know a lot of people, you know, kind of rag on social media. It's a big relationship. But you know what? Like, sometimes it's just the you're doing awesome, girl. So i a, a stranger in the same situation as you. Some million miles away, like, that just gives you that vote of encouragement. Like, I'm not the only one going through this. Like, I'm not the only one that was addicted to food. I'm not the only one that, you know, got it. this surgery to change their life. But we're all out there in, like, a team. And I think that's what makes such a huge difference, too.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Especially, like, as you're saying, that support from a random stranger who's just encouraging can totally make today. day. So I was thinking about the surgery and how that wasn't just a one-time fix, that you've had to learn how to control your eating, which, let's be honest, is hard, especially like what you're saying when you're addicted to food or you're a binge eater. So what have yeah. you been able to, to learn to help you with this?
1: Um, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing with this surgery. Was relearning how to eat food, relearning how to look at food, where instead of what is that going to taste like, it's more of a mindset of like, how, how does that benefit my body? You know, I only have so much space now, so I have to pack it with the best nutrients, you know, I can. So it has been really difficult because I miss food. I miss eating a whole pizza that feeling of, like, slightly feeling accomplished because I just ate a whole pizza and slightly (laughs) feeling nauseous because I just ate a whole pizza, (laughs) you know? But but at the same time, it's like, I've had to remember that this is my way of giving my body a voice and saying, you know, if I do eat too much pizza, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be in the bathroom throwing up. And that's my way of my body saying, don't, don't do this to us again. You know, we can't bear this burden anymore. We can't carry this weight anymore. And so it's actually been, this tool has been really helpful because it's not just like my brain doing all this work. It's my physical body like teaming up with me and being like, we can do this. We got this. And fighting back when I make the wrong, when my brain does, flip up and say oh just one more piece of pizza my body says nope we not having that <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so you physically get nauseous because you're exactly smaller from the surgery yeah
1: yeah
0: well and that honesty that you talked about with eating the whole pizza pizza like I've had experiences before you know where it's just you have that comfort food and yeah like, for whatever reason, you think that comfort food is so great and will take away all emotions, but then you're left with feeling like guilt and, and shame at, afterwards and and just trying to navigate
1: those feelings.
0: Do you want to tell a little bit about your love story? Because I just think this is your fiance just sounds so sweet.
1: Oh, he's super sweet. Um, well, we met, we were we ended up actually being housemates in this house, and um, You know, we kind of fell in love by sharing a bathroom or whatever, like seeing each other in the halls. And, and eventually he asked me on a date. So we went to the movies and he kissed me. And I was like, Oh man, like, what am I going to tell these other housemates? that he like kissed me. And so we just decided like, All right, we're going to, we're going to move out on our own and, and see where this goes. So that's what we did. And, Now we're getting married.
0: That's so exciting. And you... I know. But you didn't share the thing that I love the most about the story is that this was all when you, before your surgery, and that... Yeah. He, you said before that he saw it through your your fat self, or how did you... Side. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and it's funny that you say I forgot to mention it is because I, I never felt it, but I I did at the same time. Like I remember one night where we were just like laying on, on a bed and he just like looked in my eyes and it was like for the first time he like looked at, like someone, not just him, but like someone looked at me through the suit of fat that I was wearing. You know what I mean? And that's when I knew that, like, he was going to be a keeper.
0: So, Hope, let's go back to your early childhood, being a little overweight. How did that affect your relationship with the other kids?
1: You know, I never really noticed being overweight until, like, fifth grade. I was, I mean, I always was overweight. I always was a bigger kid, and I was just like, oh, you know, it's baby weight. It'll, it'll shake off, whatever. But... Then, like, fifth grade, I couldn't do what the other kids could do. And I couldn't keep up with them, and I couldn't, like, do things in PE that they were doing. And I just, it was really hard for me. And I remember, like, that's when the bullying started. That's when, like, the, the little laughs would happen or, like, people wouldn't want to sit by me. At lunch, and that was that got hard, you know. And I tried to like push through it and put a smile on, and it was okay, and and it was fine for a long time until like high school, when it got bad, and like people would mock me for trying to ask, you know, a boy out to the dance, or. They would write me notes to me, and that's when, like, I started really developing, like, that self-esteem issue of, like, what? how am I going to find someone to marry? How am I going to be successful in life because nobody likes me, nobody wants to talk to me, you know? And uh, my junior year of high school, I was actually on the speech and debate team, and I wrote a speech. You can look it up on YouTube. Um, And it was about being overweight and how we need to just accept people who are overweight for who they are and love them and support them. And I still full-heartedly passionately believe that's true. Um, But at the time, I was saying that because I was accepting the fact that I was going to be overweight my whole life, and I just wanted people to accept that. And now I just, it, it hurts my heart to think that's how sad I was that I was giving up already so young. Because like life is so much better healthy. Life is so much more fun healthy and it did, it, it was, life was so hard growing up being bullied and ticked on and, and just like food being my best friend. I, I had no choice but to, like, basically surrender at that age.
0: Well, as you talked, I had two thoughts come to mind. The first was, it surprises me so much that you were bullied, especially in high school, because didn't I meet you when you were, like, 18, 19? hmm And first off, like, you always had such a cute style. Like, you, you were so <laughs> trendy, you know? Like, so that was, like, the first thing, you know? Like, you just, you rocked it, like... And the, the uh, <laughs> and you have such like a fun personality too. And you're so bubbly and so like kind to everyone that, and just funny, you know, that, that it's like people seem to gravitate to you. So that's why it, it just shocks me that you were bullied. The, the second thing that I was thinking about is I don't really understand what it would be like to live as someone who's 300 and it was 75 pounds, right?
1: Uh huh. Yeah.
0: So, like, what is that like? Like, what's walking like? What's going to the grocery store like? Can you just like give us sort of opportunity to step in someone's shoes? That that is that. Yeah. Overweight?
1: Well, first of all, for that first one, I just I think that I was such a big personality at that age because I had to be. You know, I wanted people to remember me for my big personality, not my big size. Mm-hmm. So. I had to be the funny, witty girl. And I think now that I've lost the weight, I've calmed down a bit to where I can just be in the room and people still like me and I don't have to be this wild, you know, forced to be reckoned with. Um, So I think that's kind of relieving socially. Um, It's more fun to hang out with people. It doesn't exhaust me as much. (laughs) Um, But yeah, going to the grocery store and things like that, you know, when you weigh that much, you don't you don't feel like it's a burden when you would that much your whole life. But like, I'll see videos of myself or pictures of myself and like literally the weight bearing on my knees and forced me to walk like almost waddle and how people, you know, you're reaching for certain things at the grocery store and you're, you're looking over your shoulder to see who's looking at you because you know they're judging you for that chocolate milk you put in the cart or, you know, that candy bar, but they're not looking at, like, the vegetable, or the this or the bad or the, they don't know what's in your cupboards at home, but they see you and they see what you're eating or what you're buying, and it's hard because they do judge you, and they like, you feel so embarrassed all the time, you know, whether it's, oh, I wonder why she parked so close to the door and she can't walk that far or why she is pushing the car instead of just carrying her items or whatever. You know, anything you think of just on the day-to-day, you feel like you're being judged and that is such a thing, like that weight on your shoulders of feeling judged all the time, whether you are being or not, is so heavy and it just, it will literally crush you.
0: I should, like seriously though, like hearing you talk about anything that you put in your cart, like people are gonna be like, Oh, that that's why they look yeah. like that. You know, where someone that's only packing like thirty five pounds, people aren't noticing as much. And
1: are so, like, oh, that's just a treat, you know, yeah. they probably deserve that or yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. And I, I just was thinking, I mean, because that was a lot of your, like, teenage years, you know, and, like, it sounds like elementary school years. So mm-hmm. what's your advice, I guess, to to parents that have kids that that are obese? Like, how can they help them without having, like, the kid, like, rebel against it, you know?
1: Yeah, I think educate them and get them involved because – First things first is, like, the kid is trusting the parent to give them what they need. And, like, who is the parent trusting? You know, the parent is trusting what they're being told to feed the kid. So, it's like, if you sat down and said, like, okay, this is what your body needs. These are the minerals. These are the vitamins. These are the nutrients. These are the places you can get them from. What are we going to have for dinner? You know what I mean? And what the, what the kid pick out What's for dinner giving the healthy options, you know, like, okay, I'm going to pick the vitamins from this vegetable and we're going to have the proteins from this source and, you know, those kinds of things, then they feel like they got to be a part of it. And I think that's something that, like, adults take advantage of. Like, as soon as I moved out, like, that was something that I didn't realize how much power I had in what I ate. Because, like, going to the store, you literally have the wall at your fingertips so if you can give that power to a kid they're gonna like soar and i think too like parents need to educate themselves like the fda and like all of the um sources of what we're supposed to be eating like that changes all the time new evidence comes out all the time like continue to educate yourself on what really is important for our bodies because As science progresses, we're able to find out what's better for us and what's healthier for us. And those resources we have along at our fingertips. So, I think as a parent, just, like, educate yourself and keep your kids, like, actively involved in what they're eating. Because healthy habits as kids, are going to lead to healthy habits as adults. I think, too, like, if your child is already overweight, like, talk to them about, like, how it makes them feel. Like, are they feeling sluggish? Are they feeling sad? talk to their doctors, like, about depression and, like, uh, bipolar. Because I think that those two things are, like, super common in adolescents that go unnoticed. And they're really big causes in obesity, I feel like. Because when you're sad, you eat. When you're happy, you eat. When you're mad, you eat. And that's just what we're taught as kids, you know?
0: No, I, I just
1: think the most important thing is being educated.
0: So, I really liked what you said about like educating like these are where all these nutrients come from, like what should we have for dinner? And yeah. And just the whole thing with um like depression and anxiety and when you're sad you eat, when you're happy you eat, you eat and No, I think that's great. I I I was thinking about cuz when you talked about when you moved away from home. And I think that's like everyone when it's like you get to go to the grocery store for the first time and because I mean growing up most houses it's not like pure junk food you know like there's nutrients yeah and And I just remember like college it was just like we're making cookies at 11 p.m you know and
1: oh yeah yeah
0: I (laughs) I don't know if you ever have seen the movie heavyweights Uh -uh. I think it was before your time hope but um there's a scene in it so they're at this like fat camp right and there's this scene where everyone goes wild and they are like they have like these spray cans of like cool whip and like everything and then in the morning they wake up and a guy has like a whole pizza on him or like whatever and and it totally is like describing those times that you just definitely like way overindulge you know
1: yeah yeah <laughs> like you're sleeping with like a salami <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> so so it just but but i think that when it's you have more of the like Okay, this is why I eat this because of this nutrient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's just is yeah. better. So,
1: yeah. And I think too, like everything's good in moderation, right? But the thing is, is like we have to teach ourselves the discipline to like know what's right first before we can get to the moderation level, you know? And as kids, like all we want is the good stuff. All we want is the Oreos and stuff. But definitely, like getting them hands-on, it it makes it more fun, and that fun correlates with the food too. So,
0: do you, so. Do you feel like since you've lost the weight that you're treated differently?
1: Um, you know that's funny. I I do and I don't, depending on the situation. So, like at the grocery store, for instance, I don't necessarily feel as judged anymore. And I think it's partially because I'm making better eating choices, you know. My cart is mostly full of fruits and vegetables. But also because I've lost the weight and it's like, obviously, I'm making better choices. So, I'm I'm not looking as unhealthy and things like that. Um, But, like, for instance, shopping at the mall, whenever I walk into a store and someone, you know, the store clerk greets me, it's like, oh, shoot, are they judging me? Like, should I not be shopping at this store yet? Like... I can't fit in any of these clothes, you know, and it's, of course I can, like, I, you know, flip right in and, but that, like, anxiety of, of being overweight still lingers and I don't necessarily know if they're judging me or not at the mall, but it's like, I still get that feeling of, like, being judged. <laughs>
0: no, I uh, I definitely get that, especially, I don't remember what stores there are, but there's just some stores that you walk in and you're like, only barbie can shop here (laughs) yeah 160 pounds that definitely is an impossible goal for a lot of people but even like 20 pounds or 10 pounds can seem impossible you know like where it's you're you're like i don't know if i'll ever get off this weight and so what's your advice to people who they want to be healthier and they want to change some of these habits, but it just feels like they keep on making these goals and falling into the same slumps.
1: Um, well, I think that those are two different things. So changing your lifestyle to become healthier is much different than changing your lifestyle to lose weight because you can change your lifestyle to lose weight and just stop eating altogether, you know, but that's not very healthy. That's not sustainable. Um, I think that my biggest thing would be, you know, set a long-term goal. Yeah, sure. I want to lose 150 pounds, but what's your short-term goal? What's your, what's your goal for tomorrow? You're not going to lose 150 pounds tomorrow, but are you going to drink eight full glasses of water tomorrow? You know, that's, that's one step of getting towards your goal. I, if I looked at my ultimate goal, it would be such a daunting task, you know? It's almost 200 pounds. And that seems impossible to anybody. But if you think about it like, okay, I'm going to try and drink eight glasses of water tomorrow. I can do that. That's reasonable. You know, by noon, you're halfway done. And then the next day, I'm going to try and drink 10 glasses of water and I think that's the key is is setting small goals and getting to the top of shorter mountains before you reach the ultimate summit.
0: Wait, so your ultimate goal is two hundred pounds?
1: Mhm. Yeah. So I started at three hundred and seventy five and my ultimate goal is about one forty.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, like I, I really like what you said to like break it down. And, okay, I'm just going to be honest here. So, so in interviewing you, like, Hope, I love you. I love your story. Like, I I was excited to talk to you, but I wasn't excited to talk about this topic because it's something that I'm struggling with right now. You know, like, I, I, I have, like, this desire to be faster at running, and I'm getting up in the morning and trying to go. But then I also struggle with the desire to eat the foods that I know will fuel feel my body and it's like I I was doing so good at creating good relationship and then lately it's just been I don't know and so, so as you're like sitting here talking though I just and as you were talking mm-hmm. about like your big goal and breaking it down and breaking it down with water and you know like in just these little baby steps it just mm-hmm. reminded me that that really like it's not about the weight but it is about fueling your body right and taking care of it. And, and so, so thank you for that. You know, like, like weight is such a like touchy subject. Like we joke about it, you know, at times like, Oh, like I shouldn't eat that or whatever. But deep down, it, it has a lot of baggage for a lot of people, you know? And so.
1: Absolutely. It's true though. Like eating healthy is, is hard because like, There's a bowl of Cheetos and there's a plate of carrots. Like, I'm always going to grab me some Cheetos, you know what I mean? Like, at a social gathering or even at home, it's like, life is hard. Life is hard and food is easy, you know? And if you make food hard, that just makes life a little bit harder. But, like, it doesn't because if you eat right, then life won't be so hard. You know, if you flip it around and start from the food instead of starting with the the life challenges that you have every day, then it makes it a little bit easier. You're feeling better. You're getting up to run earlier. You're running faster because you're feeling more encouraged and just you're feeling better in your body. And it's just, if you start from the core, it's like your car can't run on nothing. Your car can't run on water. It has to have the right like fuel, and so does your body.
0: No, it's so true. It's like really when you think of the fueling analogy, it just makes so much sense. So when you have a desire to, I mean, you said that your body like can't have a whole pizza anymore or whatever, but like, how do you deal with those emotions that are there?
1: This was the hardest thing. You need to you need to be okay with just being with yourself, like. Why are you eating because you feel lonely? You should be eating when you're, like, when you need to eat, like, for food. Feeling lonely, if you're with yourself, you know, like, hang out with yourself, enjoy some alone time, pamper yourself, but that doesn't have to relate with food, and that, that was, like, so hard for me, because I had to learn how to, like, be okay with being alone with myself. Because after my surgery, like, I wasn't able to go to food. To to be not alone, you know. So, I'm lucky that I had my surgery because I have that tool. So, for people that don't have that, I I commend you because that makes your weight loss a little bit harder. It just does. And I would you know, the best advice I could give anyone in that situation where they're feeling lonely or they're feeling sad or they're feeling hurt or they're feeling mad or whatever and they're turning towards food, I would say just, like, stop and take a minute to be with yourself first and, and think, like, am I really hungry? Or is there something else I could do to entertain myself? Because that's what you're ultimately doing with food, is entertaining yourself by eating it to not think about why you're lonely or why you're sad or why you're upset.
0: Have you just gotten to a point where if you feel those emotions, like, it... it isn't as strong anymore, or...
1: Well, now I've gotten to the point where I, I use other methods of, like, if I'm feeling lonely, I will paint. I've gotten into painting, so I'll, like, get, a, get out a fresh canvas and start painting my feelings. Or I will start baking. I love to bake, and I love to cook, and that doesn't change just because I can't eat. So I will bake a bunch of cupcakes and give them to my neighbors. Um turn outwards you know those kinds of things instead of going to the pantry and eating the bag of cheetos or the box of oreos
0: (laughs) no i love that and also
1: the key too is is don't have temptation around you know don't make your life harder if if you're trying not to eat sweets then don't buy sweets don't you know make the exception for your husband or your wife or your kids or whatever. Like, if you're not eating them to make yourself healthy, then they shouldn't be eating them either. Is
0: there anything that you want to add?
1: So, you can find me on social media for sure. You can find me on Instagram at hope underscore is underscore healthy. And then you can also find me on Facebook at Hope Grant Harriet. So, definitely reach out to me. I love adding people to my community and just spreading positivity and love via social media so
0: So yeah check out hope and i'm going to also post i want to post all these bucket list pictures too on at NotablePeeps.com, and then i want to post that video that you talked about the youtube video so
1: yeah i'll send you the link for it
0: okay perfect Well, thanks so much, Hope, for being like, it's 10 10 o'clock at night, and Hope (laughs) agreed to do a phone interview at night, so so thank you so much. I'll do it
1: forever with you. (laughs) You're so cute.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks for being my friend, Hope, and guys remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. Thanks for listening.
1: All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my Dreams are coming true.
0: Thanks again for pushing play and listening to this episode. If you want more information about today's guest, head over to www.notablepeeps.com.